This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Go with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 6, and we will continue on this topic that's been uh, we've been ministering for a while now around the purpose of the family particularly God's purpose for the family. And my section is commanding your children in their generations. Commanding your children in their generations. And so the key scripture here is Genesis chapter 6, and we've looked at this dealing with Noah, so we'll read this verse, this passage. Genesis 6, starting in verse number 8. It says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And so what we talked about in understanding this is that in generations, generation is just a time that you, which you live in. And Noah, in his generation, was perfect. Was, was, <clears throat> he walked with God. He was just. And when we talk about generations, understand this. Your generations first start with you. And then your children. So we have a generation that starts and that starts with you. And what is passed to your children in their generations comes from you, you being the parents. And it's passed down from generation to generation. And you have to teach your children and show them that they are valuable. Not only to you, but obviously they're valuable to God. God has a plan and purpose for your children in their generation. But you first in your generation must be perfect. Right? And so Noah was perfect in his generations. And, and we talked about this last time. In order to be perfect in your generations, you must be perfect in, in your generation. I mean, in other words, to pass this thing on, to continue it on to the generation that's coming behind you, you must first be perfect in your generation. You have to be able to live what you proclaim in your generation, and your children must see you living this way. And we looked at this word perfect. Perfect means complete. That which is entirely in accord with truth. And truth is based on God's word revealed to you and what you're walking in. And so when we says Noah was, was perfect, <clears throat> it's talking about what was revealed to Noah in his generation. He walked in it. Revealed to Noah by God. He walked in it. He was in one accord with truth. And, and, and that's the thing about when we think about perfection in our minds. We think about when well, no one's perfect. When well, we're talking about perfection, we're talking about being complete in what God revealed to you and what you're walking in. And that what God revealed to you is according to his truth. And you must stay with that. That's what it means to be perfect. I'm complete in God's truth. And so Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord because he walked with God and what was revealed to him. And again, he was perfect in his generations. And so you as parents, make sure that you're not lying to your children. And we're moving about, about living a life of lies to your children. A life of lies are excuses why you are not in one accord with truth and what God has revealed to you. Everyone, God has revealed His method to them. 
his plan of purpose. God has revealed things to you. And, and parents, because you don't walk in that, you know, you, we can lie about these things and, and make excuses of why we're not. And, but the whole thing is, you know that you're not walking in God's purpose. You're not walking in God's truth. And your children see that. So you've got to stop lying in front of your children. We make excuses to our children about our life being messed up. You know, we have to stop blaming others for your life choices. Again, I'll say that again. We have to stop blaming others for your life choices. You have to stop, again, lying to your children. You have to own up to your own rebellion, disobedience, and your stubbornness. That was you. You know, your unwillingness to change, that comes from you. But you have to make the changes. You have to walk in truth and stay with truth that's found in the Word of God. Here's the thing about your life. Your life is the sum of all the choices that you have made. Right? And so if your life is not the way it should be, it is because of the choices that you make. Stop blaming your parents or others because of your life being messed up. And your children see that. Right? And so this is why it's so important for us understanding how to command our children in their generations. We must first walk perfect in our generation. So how did Noah walk perfect in his generation? Again, look at this in Genesis 6 and in verse 9. It says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. So how was Noah perfect in his generation? He was just, and he walked with God. Very simple. How are you going to be perfect in your generation? You have to be just. You have to walk with God. And so we, last week we talked about what it means to be just. Just means to be conformed to an ethical standard and a moral standard, Established by God's word, which is truth. Again, just means I am conformed to an ethical standard and a moral standard. Established by God's word, which is truth. And the ethical standard is a standard consistent behavior in your beliefs that align with your actions. That means what you say you will do. You're not a hypocrite. You know, that's what it means to have an ethical standard. And that's what it means to be just. My ethical standard is based on God's word, and I'm walking in that. I'm consistent with that. That provides me a standard. What I say, I'm going to do. And your children should be able to see that. Your children should understand that their, their father, their mother has a standard. So that means when it comes to, to them being obedient or not obedient, they should already know the response that their parents are going to give them because they have a standard. We have to be consistent in our standard. And this is integrity when we walk in this. Now turn to Proverbs chapter 20. The book of Proverbs chapter 20. Again, talking and walking in integrity. Proverbs chapter 20. Starting at verse, just one passage of scripture here. Proverbs 20 verse 7. Again, we're talking about what it means to be just. Proverbs 20 verse 7 says, The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. So you see, as you walk in your children, as, as you walk in, in, in your integrity, your children are going to be blessed, blessed after him. Why? Because they see the man, their parents, their father walking in integrity. They see them having an ethical standard. So now the children have an example to follow after. So they can be blessed. So an ethical standard, you must walk in it. You must be consistent. What, you, what your beliefs are must align with your actions. Right? And then you must have a moral standard. And we talk about a moral standard. It is a standard that is consistent behavior of what is right 
and what is wrong. It's consistent behavior of what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And this is all based on the Word of God. God's Word tells us what is right. God's Word tells us what is wrong. God's Word tells us what is acceptable. God's Word tells us what is not acceptable. And as parents, as fathers in the home, we must make sure these moral standards are taught to our children. You can't assume your children know what is right, what is wrong. You can't assume your children know what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. And I'm not letting your, 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 my child tell me what is acceptable and what is not acceptable. I'm not letting the child choose what is right and what is wrong. I'm teaching them. And that's, where the, that's what God has called us to do. We must command our children and teach them morals. We have to be taught this thing. And, and it's so important because it's not automatic. And again, in the home, you know, as a parent, you may have different children. You may have more than one child. And in one child, you may think, oh, they have more morals than the other child. And, and so for whatever reason, we show favoritism to the ones in our mind that, that has more morals. But, but no, they both need morals. It's not automatic. In other words, I have to teach the same way to both, my, both all of my children in my home. Whether one of them get it or not, I'm still going to be consistent in my teaching. So again, parents, you must teach your children these ethical standards and moral standards. In order to teach this, you must live it. They must see you as an example. And so when we looked at Noah, Noah we talked about before, Noah uh, was a witness that he was a preacher of righteousness. And that tells us right there that in our homes, we are a preacher. And again, a lot of people say, well, I'm not a preacher. You are a preacher in your home. Your first ministry is your family. You have to preach to them. What does that mean to preach to them? I've got to proclaim the word of God. What was revealed to me by God, I have to proclaim it to my children. And then I have to teach. I have to explain it to them. I've got to make sure they understand exactly what God has said to me. That means you've got to spend time breaking it down. Teaching. And making sure they understand it. So you are a preacher in your home. And so what happens is, in our homes, we have confusion because we send mixed messages in our home to our children. Because they see the inconsistency that we have. The inconsistency in, in our standards. And having moral standards and ethical standards. They see it. You know, we're not, we're not always what we say is not always what we do. And children know. Children know what your hot buttons are. They, they've watched their parents. They know exactly areas that they're not consistent in. You know, like we said before, we know we say that we love God. But, but our actions show that we love this world. And children see that. We, we show, we put things in front of our children that, that show them that, you know, there's some things that are more important than God. That's been taught by the parents to their children. Even though we may say there's nothing more important than God, but they see your actions say, oh, there is some things that are more important uh, than God. See, that's what I mean by confusion. Those are the mixed messages we send in our home. Those are the inconsistencies that we have as parents in our home. And because of that, our children are not established in God's word or in God's truth. And so when we look at this, when it comes to inconsistency, where does inconsistency shows up? It shows up in our church attendance. You know, words, you know, there's certain, certain uh, uh, services that we have at church that in our mind are more important than the others. Like we may show up for Sunday morning service, but what about like this, our family life class? What about our Sunday evening service that we have? What about our Wednesday night Bible study? What about our corporate prayer? What about the, the, the fellowships we have between the men and the women and the youth and, and, the, and the next generation? You know, are you consistent in those areas as well? Because I'm going to tell you, children, everything we do, children are learning from. We're always a teaching moment. We can't show them that one service is more important than the other. 
that inconsistency will allow our children to see that they're not, as parents, we're not consistent. And we're not going to be established with our ethical standard or moral standard. Right? And then other ways that inconsistency shows up is our lack in honor and reverence for church leadership. We will make sure, we will make sure that we're always speaking properly with respect and honor and reverence towards leadership at church. Right? And, and that's so important. We shouldn't be at home talking about the leadership. Talking about our pastor, talking about those that, that are elders or deacons or ministers in the church, you know, they should not be hearing those conversations. And, and then in our minds we say, well, I may have said something about leadership, but I was behind closed doors. And so my children didn't, didn't hear those things. But, but what happens is your actions show that you don't have respect for the leadership. Right? In other words, when you need to be where you need to be at, you, 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 your children see you sluggish. Your children see you not, not putting forth your best effort. Your children notice, Right? Because when it comes to work and being there, you're going to be there on time and doing what you need to do there. Having your, your work has your full attention and making sure that you're supporting those areas. But when it comes to the aspects of the ministry, that doesn't take your full effort. That doesn't take your full attention. You know, your children need to see these things. They need to see that you're consistent when it comes to treating the aspects of God the same way you treat other things that are important to you. If not, you're sending missed messages to them. Also, inconsistency shows up in your lack of of having a consistent prayer life. Right? We need to teach our children to pray. And that takes time. That takes effort. You know, you have to pray with your children. And understand, when it comes to prayer, prayer, like I said, in the simplest form, means I am just communicating with God. And i got to teach my children that they need to communicate with God. That means I can't tell them to go in a room and pray. i got to go in a room with them and pray with them. Teach them how to approach God. Right? How to pray for others. You know, these are things that is not automatic for your children to know how to communicate with God. You have to teach them. Right? Spend time. You know, there's plenty of opportunities now in the environment we are today where you have nothing but time you're spending with your, with your family. Spend the time teaching them how to pray. Pull aside. Right? Turn off the TV or turn off, you know, your, your other things that you're doing. Right? <clears throat> Spend some time and say, you know, we're going to pray to God. And you lead them in prayer. But first, you've got to know how to pray. You know, that's how, that's how God has set this up. For the parents, you must gather it for yourself, and then you can be able to pass it on to your children. That's commanding them based on what you know. And then another area that inconsistency shows up is your unwillingness to submit to delegate authority. You know, you've got to be able to submit to authority that's delegated. They need to see that in your actions, in your responses. Right? You have to submit. That means you've got to yield yourself. You have to understand that it's not about you. Right? Another area that shows up in inconsistency is your lack in commitment to giving. You've got to make sure that you are giving towards God's purpose. And that shows up, you know, your, your children know what's important to you. For where your heart is, your treasure shall be also. So that means when it comes to giving towards the, the kingdom purposes, you've got to make sure you put these things aside. You've got to make sure you sacrifice for the kingdom's sake. And your children should see your sacrifice. They should understand it. You know, some, you know, you can tell you, there's some things we're not doing this month or, or this year because we're going to sacrifice for the kingdom of God. I'm going to make sure that my, my home is in, in a proper place domestically so that I can give towards the kingdom of God. Because there's work to be done in the kingdom of God and, my, and I'm responsible to make sure I do my part. And that's all God wants you to do is do your part. But your part requires sacrifice. And children should see your sacrifice. 
They should see it. You know, these are things you can talk to them about. And again, we're not, we're sacrificing, it's not grudgingly, it's not because, oh, here, I have to do this. And I, no, it's not a grudging. I'm a cheerful giver. I'm thankful to God that I'm able to give towards His purpose. And your children should see that cheerfulness. They should understand that, oh, my parents are, 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 are glad and cheerful about giving towards kingdom purpose. Just like you're glad and, and, and your attitude change when you're giving towards your, your own needs, your own lust. They need to see that. All right, so what's another area that inconsistency shows up? <clears throat> Again, we're still talking about being just and, and about having that standard, moral standard and ethical standard. Where else does inconsistency shows up? It shows up in your message. The message that you teach your children. You know, when you teach your children, you've got to be consistent in teaching. Right? Look at this in, in Proverbs chapter 22. Go to Proverbs 22. Because your message at home, your message to your children should be consistent. Proverbs 22, verse 6, says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. That word there means train, it means instruct, it means discipline, but it also means consistent. Noah consistently preached the same message to his family. It's not a different message. And for many of us, Parents, you know, we'll, we'll start off doing good with, with the message, but then we'll change over a period of time. The message that you preach your children should always be the same. And so now I've got to make sure, if I'm saying I'm going to train my child in the way he should go, what is the way that my child should go? The way that my child should go should be the way is in truth. It's all about truth. So that means as parents, I must know what truth is, so I can teach my child to go in the way of truth. And truth is always found in Jesus Christ. He is the truth. He is the life, right? John 14 talks about that. What Jesus says about himself. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. So that means in my teaching to my children, i got to show them the way you should go is always in a way towards truth. And that truth always points you to Jesus Christ. That means me as a parent, I'm always pointing my children towards Christ towards Jesus. What He has done. It's not about me. It's about Him. That's the way you should go. Because so, what happens is, you know, we'll get into areas in our, in our, in our life and in a sense when it comes to our children and we don't know what decision to make. You know, they're, they're going to some, some we call gray areas. You know, is it right for them to do this activity? Is it right for them to do that activity? Well, look at it. Is it, is it in the way of the Lord? Is it in the way towards truth? That's how you can settle those issues. If what I'm, what I'm getting my child involved with is going to pull them away from truth, then they should not make that choice. And me as a parent, I have to make that choice for them. If my child is caught up in things that's going to pull them away from truth, then no, you're not doing that. And truth is found in Jesus. It's found in Him. Now look at this in John chapter 1. The book of John chapter 1. And, and, but again, parents, you know, this got to be your lifestyle. This got to be your conviction, right? If you don't have this conviction, then, you, then it's hard to pass down to your children something that you're not living. Again, that goes back to having that ethical standard. You don't have it, right? And, and again, you don't want your children to confront you and say, well, you know, dad, mom, you're not living this way. Why do you want me to live this way? Right? Why you, you dad, mom, you're not living in a way of truth. Why, why are you pushing me to live in a way of truth? John chapter 1. Again, just making sure we understand in the way they should go. The way they should go is always towards Jesus, who is truth. Truth is so important. 
John 1 and 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now jump down to verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is a reference to Jesus alone. He is the one that was made flesh and dwelt among us. Full of grace and what? Truth. And in verse 15, it says, John bear witness of him. Again, witness of him, talking about Jesus, and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Again, that's so clear. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So again, when I talk about truth, when I talk about we need to make sure we teach our children the way of truth, I have to teach them to be towards Christ. The way is Jesus the Christ. He is the way. That's the way I got to teach. But as parents, that means I got to know, I got to be heading towards that way. They got to see me as a lifestyle that I'm heading towards truth, that I'm heading towards Christ. I'm heading to what He wants me to do. I am fully committed to Christ. And my children have to see that in my life. And I got to teach them that way. I got to train them and be consistent in my message. My message about being, about going in the way of truth to Christ should never change. No matter how old they get, no matter how young they are, that message should never change. We have to make sure we give a consistent message to our children. Always stay with truth. You, all the days of your life, you've got to stay with Jesus. Stay with Him. That's so important. That's how you are just. When you have conformed yourself to God's Word, to His truth. And the truth is, it comes by Jesus. He is the way. He is the life. He is the truth. No man coming to the Father but by Him. It's Jesus alone. Right? And so that's one way that, that, that Noah was perfect in generation. That's how we can be perfect in our generation, again, looking at being just. The other way we talk about being just is our walk with God. Right? Let's go back to the Genesis chapter 6. So now we know that we're teaching our children a way of truth. Now there's a walk that we must do. And I love this because the walk separates the men from the boys, as they say. You know, how you walking, how you living. Genesis chapter 6, again, verse... Number eight again, it says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. I mean, I love that testimony. Noah walked with God. After Noah became just, in other words, after Noah completed, uh, it was in a place of perfection where he is aligned himself with truth, he walked in it. So what does it mean to walk with God? Walk with God is a continued, constant pursuit of following after God. My walk with God never changes. It's continued, uh, a constant pursuit that I am following after God. I mean, God is my priority. He is my focus. He is the center of my life. I'm walking after Him. Noah walked after God. In other words, what God has, has revealed to me, I'm going to stay with. Right, again, even in these day and ages that we live in now, even the time that, that things have changed, because we understand facts change all the time, but, but the, the truth never changes. It's, 
God, He is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Jesus is the same. So I have to stay with what is consistent. That's why I'm going to walk with God. And I've got to make sure my children see me pursuing after God. It's a pursuit. See, my pursuit never changes. My focus never changes. My pursuit is always after God. It's not after my own lust. It's not after my own achievements. It's not after what I want. It is after what God has revealed to me. And so the man who continues to pursue, following after God, God will keep this man informed of his activities in the earth. Because this man has a determination to keep his family with God long after he is gone. Your teaching parents have to be so strong that even after you're gone, your children will continue on walking after God. They will continue with you. That's how strong your teaching has to be. That's how strong your, your preaching has to be. Is once you are gone, once I mean by gone, once you're no longer here on this earth, once you only become a picture on a wall, a picture in a photo album, but your children still can hear your voice to walk after God. That's how strong and impactful your teaching has to be. That means you've got to make good every opportunity. You, you, that means for, you, for your children, they've got to see that, oh, my parents, my father was all about the Lord, the work of the ministry the work of the Lord. You, you should have to know that. Have to see that. And Noah, he was an, an example of this. Because again, he, he followed after what God said to him. And he brought his children along with this. Look at this in Genesis chapter 7. Because I, I love to the, the, see the, the, how Noah did with his children. How they followed after him. Genesis chapter 7. Look at this in verse number 6. I'm sorry, Genesis 7, starting verse number 5. Genesis 7, verse 5, and it says, And Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. <clears throat> I love it. Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded. What, what everything that the Lord commanded Noah to do, he did it. See, that's being perfect. That's being just. Right? And, see the, and now let's see the, the, the results of him doing all that God had commanded him to do. Verse 6, And Noah was 600 years old when the flood of the waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with him, into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Because of Noah's obedience to God and continually focused in pursuit, walking with God, not only did he go into the ark, but his sons went in. Not only did his sons go into the ark, but his sons' wives went into the ark. Again, not only Noah went into the ark, but his wife went into the ark. So they all, Noah saved his whole household because he, he followed after God. See, that's what I mean by your generations start with you. Right? You are the one that your generation start with. And, it's, and again, we say generations, we're talking about the, the time frame that you live in. And really, we're really dealing with the male, the father factor. Fathers, your influence is so strong in your home. It's so impactful. Right? And you see that, that Noah's family followed after him into the ark. You know, there was no mutiny in Noah's home. You know, nobody was rebelling against Noah in his home. Right? They all, when it was time to get into the, the ark, they said they went in. Right? Noah made sure his family all got into the ark before the floods came. And again, not only his wife and his sons, but I love this, his daughter-in-laws as well. You see, that's what I mean. You're, you're, it's amazing how, how, how powerful impact a father can have that even your, your son's wives will get in line with your order, with your discipline, with your training. 
again, we're all after God's truth. And even, so it becomes, when now all of a sudden you are teaching not only your family, but you're teaching the families that, that, that your families have joined themselves with. It's impactful to those, those families as well. Because you, you think about, if you have a children, you have sons, and, and they marry, now they have a wife. Well, well the, mar- the one they married their wife, they have family. But your impact is not only affecting them, it's affecting their family as well. They have siblings. They, 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 they have a mother. They have a father. They have grandparents. You know, they have cousins and nephews and uncles. And now all of a sudden, because of your impact, you're affecting a whole other lineage, family. See, that's how God has worked this out. All because you are walking with God. It's powerful to me to understand the reach that we have as fathers. It goes beyond your lifetime. It goes beyond your, your, your immediate home. And Noah's a great example of this. His walk with God, because he did all according to God commanded him to do, they all went in. He saved his household. And I'm going to tell you, fathers, it is on your responsibility. You've got to preach the gospel to your home. You've got you to minister to them so they can receive salvation. Your home should be saved. If your home is not saved, then you've got to look at yourself. Making sure you walk into salvation. That means they, your home should always have the conviction of the Lord in your house. It should be there, starting with you. Now, after we see Noah, let's look at another man after Noah. was Abraham. Let's look at Abraham. Because Abraham is another great example of a man that commanded his house after God. Genesis chapter 18. Genesis 18. Verse 17. Genesis 18, verse 17. It says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, that they shall keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. So we see here this testimony that God says about Abraham. Right? He says, shall I hide what I'm doing to Abraham? Because he said, I know him. And what does, he know, what does God know about Abraham? That he's going to command his children. And not on his children again. His whole household. As we just saw with Noah. Noah commanded his whole household to come after him. Abraham now is falling after Noah. You understand, Abraham is a descendant of Noah. Right? And now, here we go. Now this man is his turn. It's now it's Abraham's turn. Now his, his time is his time. This is his generation now. Noah's gone, right? But now we have Abraham who stepped up. Now we're in Abraham's generation. You see, he's going to command his children after him, and now his children, his whole household, to do what? To keep the way of the Lord. And we said we understand what is the way of the Lord. It's all about the ways that God and the way and truth, what God revealed to you, pointing them to Jesus Christ, pointing them to the Messiah, pointing to God being the deliverer. See, I have to realize this. Even in the day and age we are in today, my trust is in God. God can keep me. He is able to save me. He is able to preserve me in this time. No matter what happens, no matter what situation, no matter what sickness comes my way, I understand God is the keeper of my soul. My internal soul is intact with Him. He can keep me. He can keep this body. And, I, and these things, I have to make sure my children understand this. I'm not moved by what's happening today. It doesn't, move, it doesn't move me away from my trust in God. My trust is still in God. It has not wavered. It has not changed. And maybe that's a wake-up call for a lot of many people 
in, in, in this country and across the world, right? Who are you having your trust in? Because everything you had your trust in, guess what? Now it is, it is heading towards another direction. But God is still consistent. He is still on the throne, like always. And we always can turn to Him. My trust is always in God, in my Lord Jesus. So again, we see this man, Abraham, now. He, he's going to command his household and his children after him. And after the things of God. But what did, what did God know about this man? Why would God say that this man, he's not going to hide anything from this man? And God makes a proclamation about this man saying that he's going to be a great and mighty nation. Right? Now let's go back to Genesis chapter 17. Let's, let's look at some of the progression of Abraham. Just a little few more scriptures. Genesis chapter 17. Because it's interesting to see God made a statement about Abraham, but we'll see. What God said about Abraham is what God had told Abraham. I mean, I love how God works. God, God reminds Abraham of what he told Abraham is going to come to pass. In other words, God said, my word is, is true. My word is going, to, is going to accomplish what it was sent out to do. And I'm going to remind you, Abraham, of what I said to you. Genesis 17, starting in verse 1, it says, And Abram, and when Abram was nine, 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Again, some of the same kind of language we heard here with Noah. God acknowledged to Abraham that I am the Almighty God. That means all things are possible with him. There's nothing greater than God. And then he told, told Abraham, Now walk before me and be thou perfect. Again, be thou, can we learn about perfect? Be thou complete in the truth that has been revealed to you, Abraham. Walk in that. Don't get caught up in anything else, Abraham. Walk in what's now going to be revealed to you by me, the Almighty God. Walk in it. Your pursuit should be after me, Abraham. In verse 2, and it says, And I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thy seed exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. And thou shalt be a father of many nations. Again, this is what God is telling Abraham. You're going to be a father of many nations. And my covenant is going to be with thee. And neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. See, God changed his name. Again, changed his name for purpose sake. Showing Abram who Abraham is. And that's what you should be walking with. You are father of many nations. Stay with that purpose. Stay with what God has revealed to you and walk in that. Verse 6. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of thee and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And here's the thing, I'm like, well, God, how are you going to establish your covenant? Now, now you're saying with Abraham, but with, not only with him, but thy seed after thee in their generations. How is God going to establish his covenant with the seed after Abraham in their generations? Because he knows that Abraham is going to command his children after him in the ways of the Lord. It's so amazing. God, he, he puts things in place because he knows Abraham's heart. He knows what Abraham is going to do. He knows that he's, Abraham is going to keep the covenant of God passed on to his children. 
And again, and I'll say this to you fathers, we, we teach so much about the purpose of the male and his, own, and his own point, his own purpose for that, to say the purpose of the male. It starts with you, right? Fathers, you have the responsibility to pass on the covenant of God to your children. You have the responsibility, fathers, to pass on the covenant of God to your children. That is your responsibility. You got to pass on who God is and what he has said in the way of truth to your children. That is the covenant that you have to pass on to your children. And then your children have the responsibility to walk with God. See, I'm going to tell you this. Parents, well, a lot of times parents are trying to, walk, trying to walk for their children with God. You cannot. The children got to walk on their own with God. But your responsibility is to pass it to them. You pass the covenant of God to your children, and your children now walk with God. Because God's going to visit them. Just as we saw Noah, and now Noah's got to now the point of, of, of generations later on, where now we sit Abraham, and now, Noah's, now Abraham has a time to walk with God. Because the covenant was passed down to him. The covenant of God was passed to, to, to Abram. He understands this. And now God's going to cut covenant with Abram. And make him Abraham. It was passed to him. How strong this is as fathers. Pass the covenant of God to your children. And your children have to walk in it. You cannot walk for them. You know, like we learn on Sunday morning, you've got to work it out, right? You've got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, right? You've got to work it out. Working it out is those children working it out in their generations. But working it out means that means something was passed to them to work out. They've got to have the message. It's have to be, it has to be taught to them. You have to command your children to walk in this. Right? But they have to walk in it. And as parents, we've got to be an example. We have to be an example for them. And that example is what they see every day as parents. Alright, so again, he says, I will, verse 7, I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee, in their generations, for an everlasting covenant. Oh, God is so good. To be a God unto them, and thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee, and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger. All the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, I will be their God. And you know, he's telling Abraham, if you pass this on to the covenant of God to your children, then I'm going to be a God to your children. Because they're going to know me. They're going to know God. They're going to put their trust in Him. <clears throat> and God said unto Abram, Thou shalt keep my covenant thereof, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. I love that God saying, now Abraham, again, I tell you, generations starts with you. Abraham tells me, and God tells Abraham, the generation that you are now in starts with you. You've got to keep it. Abraham, you have to keep my covenant, and then you've got to pass it on to your children. But it starts with you. That you've got to keep my covenant, therefore, and thy seed after thee in their generations. And this is my covenant which shall keep that you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And, and, and so catch this what God says. And circumcision, people get caught up with circumcision. Understand, circumcision, it represents a token or, or symbol that you are in covenant with God. Right? That's what circumcision represents. That I am in covenant with God. And what, look, look what God is telling Abraham. God is telling Abraham, every male child, make sure that they know that they're in covenant with God. How do you make sure your child uh, is in covenant with God? He says, for them, you circumcise them. That's a token to show them that they are in covenant with God, the male child. Right? So that means, by showing them that, by having them circumcised, I just passed on the covenant of God to them. 
meaning they know that they, have, they are in covenant with God. From that point on, every time when they, when they see themselves being circumcised, now is their point to walk in that covenant. They have to walk in it. See, don't miss this, right? In other words, God made sure that Abraham or the father, you've got to pass the covenant to your child, but then now your child has to walk in that covenant and be perfect before God. So circumcision represents that. Represents that passing on the covenant to your children. And then you say, well, why is it the male child? Why do you only pass on the circumcision to the male child? Because in the male is the seed for the next generation, for the generations to come. Women don't have seed. The male does. So what am I telling my male child? I'm telling you now that you are responsible for passing on the covenant to the next generation, starting with you. You're already letting your male child know that you are the ones that are responsible for passing on the, uh, uh, the covenant of God to, the, to their generation, to your generations to come. That's why we're circumcising the male child. It's in the seed. The seed is in the male. Women don't, women don't have seed. Man does. If you go back and read your Bible, you look at all the begats. We talk about Noah had three sons. Right? And Noah beget three sons. It never says a woman beget any, any children. And the Bible talks about begets because it understands the lineage is being passed down from father to the children. Even when you go look at that, when it, when it talks about begets and it talks about the women, when it gets to the point when it says, when it talks about a, a woman being born, they always trace the woman back through the male, through their father's lineage. Right? You look at these things, it's always, it's always about the father's lineage being traced back. And does that mean that, that women don't have an importance? Of course they do. Go back to all the teaching we've taught about daughters, wives, mothers. You know, we taught these things about, about the purpose and, and the female as well. Male, women's have, women have a very important purpose. We're not eliminating the purpose of a woman here. But the responsibility of passing on the covenant to, to their children, it falls on the male. And that's what circumcision reminds the male. Oh, you know, I have to pass this covenant on. I have to pass it on to my, my, my children. And pass it on, not only to my male child, but to my, my daughter child as well. My female child. I have to pass on the covenant of God to them. And they have the responsibility of, of walking with it. And I, and I love, this is how God set it up. And then we get to the place of, of the New Testament. We understand around circumcision. It says no longer the circumcision of the flesh that calls you a Jew or have worship with God, but the circumcision of the heart. So now God has shown us, okay, now parents, understand this. You have to pass on this covenant to your child where in their heart they have to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And pass that on to their children. It becomes a heart issue. It's more than a flesh issue. Now it becomes a heart issue. And I love how and so God, is, God is so good. He's making sure that the purpose of the family goes on from generation to generation. Why? Because God is a generational God. God is trying to get somewhere throughout ages of time to where he's to a point that he wants to get to. And he's using the generations along the way to fulfill his purpose. See, it is not about us. That's why we've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this point. But guess what? There's other people that are going to be brought into the kingdom way after we're gone for their point in time for a purpose there. And we have to understand that we have to see down beyond our lifetime to those that are coming behind us and making sure they have the purpose of God in their heart. That they have been circumcised in their heart. So they can pass on the covenant of God in their generations. And the only way to do this, I have to command my children. I have to walk with God. 
And it's got to be so strong that, that they can look back on generations to come and say, you know, I remember my, my great, 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 great grandfather more than just a picture on the wall, but I know this man walked with God. And he's passed this down to his, his great, 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 great grandchildren. It's so powerful how God has worked this out. It's in us. In the generation you are now, to pass it on. And that's the expectation we have as parents. We have to continue to pass on God's covenant to our family. Because always remember the purpose of the family. And I have it written down here again because we never want to get away from the purpose of the family or, or the call of the family. It's to produce spiritually and emotionally established believers who in turn get God's redemptive work done in the earth. How are we going to produce emotionally, spiritually established believers in turn to get God's redemptive work done on, the, on this earth? We have to pass on the covenant to them. They're not going to get it done without us passing it on to them as parents. The responsibility falls on us as parents to pass it on to our children. Amen? God is faithful. Amen. You can be dismissed. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.